makes delicious wontons and is down to get the friction on. <laughs> well, roses are red, tacos are delicious. He would rather use paper plates because he hates doing the dishes. Ooh, I really like that one. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to Life Well Spent with Garrett and Amber. I'm Garrett. Ooh. I'm Amber. I'm Garrett. And I'm Amber. And Ace is laying down in the room with us. He is the only animal in the room. Allowed in the room, really. Yeah, yeah. We'll, <laughs> s- we'll see. So yeah, quick animal check-in. Gilly, our hound, she's taking a nap. Um, our good cat, Corbin, he's out there chilling, probably cuddling with her. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lilu, our crazy cat, was in here for a minute, but she was going wild, so we kicked her out. Yep, yep. Kicked her out, just like... The Clash kicked Mick out of the band, but we'll get into that a little yeah, later. No spoilers, honey. Spoilers. <laughs> so, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. We are recording the day after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. We uh, this is the first time ever. It yeah, I think first time ever ever. It's just been the Thanksgiving with the two of us, which was pretty great. It was nice. Yeah, it was fantastic. Just really low key. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I worked a little bit earlier in the day and then got home and uh, uh, yeah, Amber made these incredible crab cheese wontons and we had some fun Jackbox game time with uh, family yeah, on Zoom. Yep. Yeah. So uh, uh, it was, yeah. And then we made really good General So's chicken. Yeah, your your idea to do a handmade meal was uh, quite the ticket. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was it was it was challenging, uh, but I, yeah, I mean, way better than uh, ordering in or anything like that. It was it totally. was just a blast. Nothing if if somebody ordered in, nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, but yeah, we we don't cook. We don't un- cook. We don't clean. <laughs> we, yeah, sorry. No, I mean we cook, but we we don't kind of go out of the box like that too often I, I for some reason we don't cook a lot of asian food which is stupid because i love asian food i think because it it seems very intimidating yeah a lot of flavors we're not familiar with like if sauces. there's more than five ingredients i'm like mm, mm. better not yeah that's true <laughs> um but yeah we got into it uh and it, it was it was a blast we had to call some audibles on some ingredients but it turned out great and i think that's like that's half the fun of cooking mm-hmm. is you know you can't find Rice wine, rice cooking wine. You just you buy a Chardonnay and you yeah just do substitute. What you can. Yeah, and it, it it was oh it was a blast. So fun. Yeah. And apple pie. We made apple pie the day before. Oh yeah, that was that was really good. I'm like, I've never made pie dough by hand like from scratch, and I don't know if I just didn't have a wet enough dough, but it is the flakiest, driest dough. I've ever worked with. Mm-hmm. Not that I've worked with a ton of dough, but man, pies are tough. And like, I've got a, I've got a client that makes pies. She makes incredible pastries. Oh and man, yes. Like, hands is. off to anybody that's out there making pies. Pie squad, like mm-hmm. shout out. And Ace is whining. Like he, he knows when we do a podcast, he yeah. really wants the attention. Honestly, I do think that like you know, as as as. Kind of as much as my voice is sort of low-key, I do feel like I put on podcaster voice, or at least I try to, so it's not super boring. Mm-hmm. And I think Ace hears that, and he, like, freaks out. He's like, why are you guys, like, yelling Louder but than not normal. yelling? Yeah. <laughs> Anytime we raise our voice, even if it's an excitement, he's like, uh, I don't like this. Yeah. You're you're a worrier, aren't you, Ace? Yes. Yeah. Then you're sitting down, and he feels like if you're ever sitting down, you should be petting him. Yep. Yep. But, 
Not distracting at all, Ace, no. so thank you. No, never. Appreciate Good this. Good boy. <laughs> uh, so I don't know who goes first on what stuff we've been into this week. I don't either. Why don't you go first? Okay. So already talked about us making uh, General So's chicken. Yeah, General So's chicken. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also made some fried rice. Crab fried rice. Crab fried rice because we had some leftover crab from the wontons. Mm -hmm. And we got both those recipes from uh, Binging with Babish is is the YouTube series. I really Um, dig him too. He's fun. Great. Very charismatic guy. Uh, I mean, he's he's got, I believe, millions of subscribers. So Rightfully so, uh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys, you know, you may already know about him, but uh, he's done a bunch of cool series like uh, Basics with Babish was how we got the fried rice. That's more of just like... The binging with Babish, uh, proper channel like he'll uh, do recipes based off of like pop culture stuff. Like if I think recently he did uh, steamed hams from the uh, an episode of The Simpsons, which is what uh, mm. uh, Principal Skinner calls hamburgers. He called them steamed hams because he's <laughs> lying to uh, Superintendent Chalmers. Um, yeah, he'll do all sorts of like pop culture stuff, and then basics with Babish is him doing basic recipes you know and even like maintaining cookware that's part of the basic series but he, he's not a uh, traditionally trained chef he's he's just kind of figured it out done it all on his own that's and, cool uh, he and of course the the recipes that he used i believe for the general so's and the fried rice well at least the general so's uh he attributed to j kenji lopez was the actual chef that came up with the recipe and he just you know, shows you how to do it, and uh, it, it's just very conversational. You know, it's it's not his channel's never intimidating. Like mm-hmm. He just he shows when he messes stuff up, and um. And I realize when I uh, go to like cook or bake something, I'm more of a visual learner. Mm-hmm. So when you can mm-hmm. now that they're coming out with the videos, like you can watch and see, you know, how much flour and salt and all that stuff to put in there instead yeah. of just reading a recipe. Yeah, it's way more fun. Yeah, and, you know. Yeah. I just dig it a lot more. Yeah. So if, if you're looking for like a YouTube cooking shows, uh, all the Babish stuff is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love Maddie Matheson. He's a chef. He's this gigantic. Well, no, that's mean. He is a larger Canadian man with mm-hmm. a bunch of tattoos. And uh, he's he's just uh, crazy charismatic yelling all the time. He's got a he's big a personality. Ball, huge personality. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's the best. But uh, yeah, so. Babish. Bases with Babish, Binging with Babish. Um, he's brought on another chef that used to be with another YouTube series um, that uh, kind of fell apart. I, and I don't remember her name or the name of the series. Hmm. Um, but she's fantastic. Uh, Sola, I believe, is her name. And she's okay. been doing great stuff on there. Um, we might have to kick out Ace. Ace? Ace the wino today. You got a wino? Winer, Wino. Yeah, Wino is somebody who just gets drunk all the time on wine. Well, he's probably that too. Yeah, probably. Ace, you gotta you gotta <laughs> stop whining, butter. We're gonna have to ask you to leave. We're have to call the bouncers. What have you been into, wife? Um, so you just got—is it Mario Thirty Five? What is that called again? Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's either Mario or Super Mario Thirty Five. Yeah. yeah I don't really fun uh, Switch game that you introduced me to, and we've played that a couple of times this week. Yeah. Which, I I mean, I really like because, you know, when it comes to video games, I grew up on Super Mario and, like, Nintendo in general. So that was right up my alley. Yeah. It was very nostalgic and fun. Yeah, I feel like you've got two pockets of gaming 
knowledge. One mm-hmm. is, yeah, from like the Nintendo era yeah. when you were a kid. And then there was late high school. Mm-hmm. That was uh, Need for Speed. Underground. Underground, yeah. That got me into some trouble. Yeah. And then and then not much after that. No. I, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll play a video game occasionally with me. Um, yeah. And well, and I feel like, and maybe this is why I've like strayed away from video games since high school yeah. uh is because i go down a really deep rabbit hole when i play games if i'm really into it yeah especially yeah to where i just forget all responsibilities and i am swearing it i mean it's almost like a drug addiction i've never had a drug addiction but i can imagine that that's what it's like Gaming, everything else yeah. goes out the door you only care about what you're doing at that moment and uh no, I, I think it just it got me into too many times of forgetting to pick up my sister from school or maybe going to work late or, you know, yeah. that I'm like, ah, maybe it's not worth it. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> Couldn't I, find the balance. Yeah. And I mean, the good thing is we're adults now, so it's it's not like you Then I would just, just be neglecting my son. No, the exact opposite. <laughs> You're too good of a mother to allow video games to get in the way. So, um, but I mean, also lately you've been playing uh, the Oculus uh, you That's know, true. We got Beat Saber on there, which you've been really enjoying. Yeah. Um, but you, you know, you don't take it to a a level where, yeah, you're neglecting. Well, and I think my my body tells me when I'm done with that game. That's a it's good like point. you're sweating and you're tired and you're like, I'm really thirsty. I better take a break. Yeah. And yeah. then I go in and check on a new and cash. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody good out here? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, so yeah, Mario 35. It's a free mm-hmm. game on Switch. You just need to have Switch Online, which I think is like five bucks a month. Um, to play online with the Switch and the mm-hmm. online community. And it's uh, they released it because this is the 35th year uh, 35th year anniversary of the release of that Mario game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the first Mario game, but it's like when you think of the first proper Mario Brothers game, this, mm-hmm. it's this one. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the cool thing is it's, it's, it's kind of a battle royale sort of style. Mm-hmm. Um, you and 34 other players all join in this lobby. You're all playing your own game, but as you uh, jump on Goombas and Koopas and all the bad guys, those bad guys are sent it's to the sent other, to other people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and you can choose who you send them to, or you can just do a random whatever. Um, and then, of course, if people are smashing enemies and sending them to you, then uh, you've got a bunch of... Uh, enemies to take down mm-hmm. um but there's also a, a time basis right uh, so which i'm not very good at at the moment i cannot yeah <laughs> handle it's tough it. you know normally in a super mario uh level they start you off with like 300 seconds or something mm-hmm. this one starts you off at 30 seconds yeah and every uh bad guy that you kill you add like one or two seconds to your time yeah it depends on how you kill them like if you chain together a few jumps each guy you jump on will be worth more Mm-hmm. If you're just throwing fireballs, it's only worth one second because that's super easy, but you can chain a bunch. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, if you get like a star and you run through, they, I think maybe you can get up to plus five or six seconds, you know, in that chain of, of minions you're hitting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we passed the remote back and forth quite a bit last night playing that. Yeah, I wasn't sure how long I'd be able to play it because it was getting to be a little late for me and mm-hmm. I was three cocktails in, so I was <laughs> getting tired. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like an hour and a half later, it's like, oh, oh yeah, it's 1030. We should probably go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was a blast. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Always love playing video games with you. It's a ton of fun. Yeah. 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 Uh, gosh, I swear there was something else I was going to tell. But you know what? We 
we covered it. We cover what we've been into. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, hope everybody had a phenomenal Thanksgiving. However, you decided to or were able to celebrate. Hope everybody had a happy, fun, happy safe holiday. Yeah. yeah. And this week, uh, our assignments were uh, uh, wife. Mm-hmm. I gave you um, the breakup of Clash. The Clash, yeah. The Clash. Yep. And I gave you uh, the album Rumors by Fleetwood Mac and the, the drama that surrounded that. Mm-hmm. I think you went first last. No, I think I went first last time because I talked a bunch. Oh, you did. Yep. Yep. I mean, you went first last time. Yeah, and I, I did both. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I got to listen to the whole album, and I don't know if this has ever happened to you, where there are songs that you'll hear, and you're like, wow, I really like this song, and you know every word to it, but mm. you kind of forget who the artist is. Yeah. As I'm listening to this album, I'm like, I didn't realize how big of a fan I was of Fleetwood Mac, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. like all these songs I know, and I just and I did the same thing when I went and saw... Um, Oh, what's his butt? Um, I don't know. He's a country singer. He's on The Voice. He's very tall. Oh, married to Gwen Stefani. Almost married to Gwen Stefani. Oh, Why almost. can't I think of his name? Yeah. Anyways, I you know uh, me and a couple of my girlfriends went years ago to see him in concert um, right. at Cheyenne Frontier Days, right. and I was like, God, I didn't realize that he did this song and this song and this song. So. Yeah. That was pleasantly surprising. That was fun. Um, but no, so I just wanted to really dig into, there was a lot of drama surrounding the band. Yes. In general. They're kind of known for that. Especially no at this time. I mean, yeah. I don't know a ton. I just know a little bit. But yeah, I, I think everybody was kind of sleeping with everybody in, a, in not not like a fun key party way, but like a, a bad way. Yeah, maybe some drugs. Lots I mean, of drugs. Okay. I Lot, lots of drugs and alcohol. Yeah. yeah. Which probably took a play in a lot of their choices. But um, yeah, no. So I'm going to kind of give a, a background of Fleetwood Mac. So um, the band that had come together. So there was a, I think he was a guitarist. John McVie left originally due to drug addiction. But his wife actually stepped in for him, Christine McVie. And she became, you know, stuck around for a real long time. Um the guitarist would always be getting into fights. Um, Bob Welch had a drinking problem and couldn't stand the celebrity life, and he was also a guitarist, so he decided to leave. Sure. Um, they decided to bring on a new singer, which is um, well, they found Lindsey Graham, no Lindsey, Lindsey Buckingham, Buckingham, yeah, with uh, Buckingham and is it just Buckingham Nix? Was their band name with him and Stevie? Oh, maybe. I think that's what it was. I mean, those are the two people I'm aware of, so... So Stevie was his girlfriend. Yeah. And they liked Lindsay, and Lindsay was like, well, we're kind of a package deal. So they brought on Stevie, too, and she became one of the lead singers. Yeah, that's a good choice. Yeah, definitely a good choice. Yeah. Um, So he became the new guitarist, and um, Nix had... So she was together with him, obviously. Um, She ended up having an affair with Fleetwood, which Mm. I think is the drummer. I think he's the drummer. Mick Fleetwood. Yeah, I think okay. he's the drummer. Uh, um, if, if my dad listens to this episode, he's going to have so many notes for us. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I feel like I jump all over the place. Like, my, yeah, my, I think this happened. Yeah, my dad or my aunt or my mom or my stepdad. They're all going to know. They're all <laughs> Yeah. Don't listen to this. Um, no, and I guess there was a couple different couples in Fleetwood Mac, and they mm-hmm. both um, broke up. But I had seen Stevie say in an interview that she – 
told Lindsay that, you know, basically she wanted to break up, but she's not going to let this affect the band. Like, we're still going to, we're not going to break up the band. We're all still going to be here and do what we do best sort of thing. Boy, that's a bold move. Yeah. Yeah. But it still kind of broke up the band, but then it's like they oh. came back together and then they broke up. I mean, very yeah. Ross and Rachel oh relationship. Well, they won't, they? <laughs> um, Don't get me started on the monkey. Bizarre <laughs> love. Uh, I thought it started with an M. I don't know. Okay. Um, but I guess Buckingham kind of blames Fleetwood Mac for uh, breaking him and Stevie up. He, he thinks that if they didn't end up going with Fleetwood Mac, that they would have a, their own destiny and probably would be married with kids by now. Uh, Which yeah, could have sure, been. Sure. You never know. I mean, whatever. That's his take. Yeah. yeah. And um, so their album, Rumors, is still considered one of the best breakup albums of all time. Mm. Uh, classic songs like The Chain, Dreams, Go Your Own Way, and Don't Stop were just to name a few. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be one knows. of the best rock albums, period, of all time. Not just like yeah. breakup albums, but rock albums. It's... I mean, Rumors uh, went to number one and stayed on the charts for 353 weeks. Ooh. So if that tells you anything. Yeah. Right? Um, by the way, Christmas idea. Yeah. This album. Oh, okay. You guys <laughs> you know. heard that. Make sure, remind me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I guess Stevie Nicks went solo in the early um, 1980s, came out with Belladonna, was, mm. which was number one. Yeah. Obviously, she's awesome. Um, Buckingham also went solo for a while. Um. And Stevie never wanted to be married or have kids. Mm. Uh, she thought that that was going to like stand in the way of what she does well, with the, which is the music. Oh, okay. Uh, so what, which is why she never wanted to be a mom. Yeah. Um, but this I thought was interesting of Stevie Nicks that mm. I didn't ever know. Stevie Nicks soon after married a the widowed husband of her best friend, Robin, who died of leukemia. Mm. So... Before her friend passed, the doctors removed, she was pregnant, uh, six and a half months. They were able to remove her son from her womb so the son could live. And then she ended up passing. Why? I didn't know you could do that. Wild. I, I, I'm guessing the baby was healthy enough to be able yeah, to. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I guess if you're on your way out, but you know your kid's going to live, that's mm-hmm. that's really good. Crazy, right? Yeah. Um. But she was only married to him for three months because she realized it was such a bad idea and asked for a divorce. She's like, I don't know what I was thinking. Three months. She's like, he came home. Because I think the way that she described it is that they all lived together. And Matthew, Robin's son, um, was she was in his room and she would always see like the rocking chair moving and to her in her mind that was robin being there yeah. you know yeah. and she's like i went in there one time and it, the rocking chair w- was just stand still and she thought well that was robin leaving she's left and you know so she kind of thought that she made robin leave oh. like guarding her family basically and so oh. she, you know the husband came home and she's like you know this isn't working you might think that you love me but you don't this is such a bad idea you know, and just called it quits with him. Oh, that's too bad. Like, not only did he just lose his current wife, but the ghost of his previous wife. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's a bad week. I know. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. um, but I guess Nix was battling drug and alcohol abuse um, throughout this whole time, you know. Um, Nix apparently re- recovered from cocaine abuse. Mm. Uh, she kind of put herself into, what did she call it, like the... Uh, She's like, it, it definitely wasn't like your um, uh, therapy rehab. She was yeah. like, it was a really like um, hardcore 
this is not going to be fun type rehab. I imagine she just walked out into the woods and was taken care of by like trees and owls. Like that's how <laughs> she got clean. Yeah. Like owls who one at her, with like, nature. Yeah. 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 Who knows? better than this Stevie? Who? <laughs> um. And then I guess, yeah, Buckingham was apparently fired from Fleetwood Mac because he wouldn't sign on for another tour. I guess he was having his own solo tour at the moment. Um, So he originally didn't want to leave that tour, but then he eventually said, you know, I'll hold off my own personal tour to go on the tour with the band. And Stevie apparently didn't like his behavior on one of the shows that they did. So she like was like, if he comes back, I'm not doing it. Mm. Allegedly. I don't know. Um, So he ended up not coming on that tour. But then the band would like you know break off and it was interesting because there were times where like christine mcvee and and lindsey buckingham would do their own album and i think stevie and buckingham would do their own album and then come back and do a whole album with fleetwood mac again and so it's a lot of like breakoffs and come you know coming back together um i guess they reunited for 1997 for a live show and in 98 the band was um inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame cool which is really cool cool um Christine McVie eventually left. Apparently, she developed a fear of flying, which made her job quite hard because they travel all the time. I wonder if that had anything to do with Skinner. I mean, Skinner, like Leonard Skinner, uh, they had a plane crash and um, some lead singer died, some backup singers, maybe a costume or a, oh. a, some kind of backstage people. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I just made that connection because they were both popular bands at the same time Mm -hmm. that doesn't you know anybody can develop a fear of flying for any reason right yeah um yeah which is interesting so that made her quit the band and she also wanted to kind of settle down for a life less traveled if you will did i i when i assigned this to you i did like just a teeny bit because i didn't want to spoil it for myself yeah was there any indication that that woman had an affair with somebody else you know, if she did, I didn't okay. get any information on it. I, I thought that somebody had an affair with a sound engineer. Hmm. I don't know. Okay. That, I mean, doesn't matter. Affairs were had at that time. Yeah. Multiple. Yep. So, okay. Cool. Um. Let's see. Oh, yeah. So there was always drama within the band. You know, so-and-so wasn't going to do it anymore, and then they'd find someone to spill, fill their spot, mm-hmm. yada, yada. Um. It was kind of hard to keep up with all the drama. I remember watching like um, a little tidbit of like 13 minutes of basically the whole history of Fleetwood Mac. And I'm just like trying to jot down everything the guy was <laughs> saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was just a lot going on. Uh, so apparently when they weren't, there was a time where they weren't speaking to each other. The band members weren't. And so they said, you know what, they wouldn't talk to each other about in person. You know, they put all their thoughts and their words into the songs right. on the albums, right. which you know, clearly now you're like, you know, makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody was battling drugs and alcohol. There was, she said, you know, cocaine was a big one, brandy, weed, and cigarettes. Mm. Um, brandy. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Teach their own. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Apparently Stevie Nicks knew it was an issue for her and she knew she had to seek out rehab because she, they ended up falling or finding like a small hole in her nose. Oh, I'm guessing from the cocaine. I, I think I've heard of that stuff happening that's ew. yeah and i guess that could have like really ruined her voice so she's oh like, sure yeah. yeah she had to quit um wow. made herself go to rehab so um in the trees with the in, the, in the trees yeah. with the owls <laughs> and the wolves and yeah, yeah yeah um and why they haven't done a movie about 
Fleetwood Mac yet is beyond me because I feel like this has a lot of drama and it just screams movie to me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I mean, especially with the recent popularity of like uh, Rocket Man and right. the less good Queen one, Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. Even though I wanted to cat, whatever. I'm not going to get on into it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, of course, with COVID, they can't really. I guess I think they're getting back into filming safely, mm-hmm. um, but they're not really releasing anything in theaters. So maybe once COVID passes, yeah, like Fleetwood Mac seems like it'd be a great source for a for a biopic. Uh, and I kind of feel like now would be their their window of opportunity because um, you know there was like that. <laughs> There was a really big TikTok um, video that came out with Dreams, the uh, mm. song, obviously the song, um, of a guy just basically riding a skateboard and drinking uh, cranberry juice, and it's gone huge. I thought he was on a hoverboard. No, the original, he was on a skateboard. What? Was Other he... people, like, did their version of it. Was he a, a Latinx or Hispanic gentleman? Yeah. It's like 420 dog face or something on TikTok. He was on a skateboard. Yeah. Hmm. My mistake. Longboard though, wasn't it? I, I don't know. Whatever. It's been why? A while. Why? why are... I, yeah. I <laughs> I've seen the video like, but I've never had the audio on, and I knew it was popular. And I think the dude got a like a free vehicle and a bunch of stuff from Ocean Spray. Yeah. That's like that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Like, good for him. He was just. I just saw him on a uh, a commercial with uh, Snoop Dogg. Wow. About like the um, at home like ring service or something Man, or event. You maybe? know. Use your five minutes well. Right. Like, no, no shame on that. The no. Guy, the guy did something that was hilarious, you know, I mean. But I feel like that kind of opened the song to a lot of people that hadn't heard it, like in the younger generations. Yeah. So I feel like now would be their opportunity to like bring forth this, you know, the history yeah. and uh, Fleetwood Mac. Sure. Back yeah. Well, I mean, but even with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Part 2. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Is that the chain? Yeah, yeah I the think chain so. was a big song on that. Always, right, always loved that song. Yeah. Hey, was Tusk on Rumors? The song Tusk. Tusk. I don't think so. Not don't that I remember. S- don't say that you love me, and it's like a heavy percussion song. Tusk. It must not. It's like Tusk is like one of ten lyrics in the song. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I really uh, like that song. Yeah, <laughs> that that's a fun one. That doesn't help you at all. but uh, <laughs> It's a fun one. Uh, our buddy Elwin played that for me when we were driving around a few years ago, and I was just like, this is phenomenal. Like, it's just, it really... The drums in there is really fun. so hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. So good. Um, but yeah, I guess the, the band members are pretty okay, like, now-ish cool. days. You know, um, Stevie and Mick Fleetwood are like the best of friends and now really cherish, you know, each other. He calls her uh, a soulmate. So I kind of feel cool. like that might have been like a romance that probably should have stuck, but didn't, you know, for whatever reason. Yeah. But anywho. Um, but no, I feel like, you know, Stevie has kind of paved the way for many young artists. But one that I've seen most recently is Harry Styles which I really adore. Uh, They've been singing together. Oh, really? Oh, excuse me. Um, Yeah, I think uh, some of his concerts, he would bring Stevie on to sing one of her songs, and they've just become, like, close friends within the last few years. Yeah, and I'm like, I love Harry Styles, for one thing. I'm, like, crushing on the kid right now. Yeah. Um, Talented musician. He's so good, right? Um, But no, I feel like Stevie Nicks is, like, a good icon for him to look up to because I feel like she has... She kind of does her own thing, mm-hmm. which I think, you know, Harry Styles does too. Um, she loves the music, and I th- 
feel like her kind of helping him out is is like I don't know I, I can imagine her saying to him like you know let the music be louder to your fans than the media crap about your personal life sure because you know they I, I'm sure so many media outlets she experienced have, a ton of that ton of yeah. it right and she always just went back to the music and and kept producing and wouldn't let it really affect you know what she came out with and stuff so mm-hmm. um yeah I just feel like that she'd be a really good like role model for him Mm-hmm. Um, but she's still not married or a mom, you know, for the reasons of love of music. Yeah, if she's happy. Yeah. Good, good on her. But yeah, man, I really love that album, and mm-hmm. I think I just, yeah, I, I just need to listen to all their albums. We play quite a, I would say quite a bit of Fleetwood Mac in the house. Yeah. Um. But yeah. That that'd be be nice to like go through like discography, you know, album mm-hmm. by album, really get more familiar with Fleetwood Mac. Um. I know the big hits and Tusk, you know, and I love them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. But yeah, I, I that was a good on you to give me that uh, oh, well, assignment. That was a lot of fun. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. Um, that was fantastic work. Oh, thanks. Great yeah. job as always. Sorry, I didn't dive too much into the affairs. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. But. Yeah. Um, so my assignment was the breakup of the clash Mm -hmm. and there was a documentary that came out in 2012 called the rise and fall of the clash uh that was extremely helpful um uh at first i felt like this this might not be a very good documentary i couldn't tell Mm. uh but the more i watched it i mean i feel like it had some really great insightful interviews with people that were around the band um and uh, even members of the band. Mm-hmm. Um, Mick did a ton of interviews. He was one of the original members. And he played uh, lead guitar, you know, did some singing. Um, and uh, uh, a few me- – I'll, I'll get into the members of the band in a minute. But uh, this this documentary was more about the fall, in my opinion. Like it kind of – it, it, it lets you in on the band pretty much right as they're going from struggling punk band, well-respected in the UK, to playing stadium shows in, around the world, mm-hmm. totally around the world. Um, and uh, there's kind of a core villain in this film, and it is uh, this guy Bernie, their manager. Okay. Uh, early on in the documentary, there's – discussions of uh how bernie was kind of controlling and um he especially clashed with mick uh, Mm -hmm. the the lead guitarist of the group one of the founding members the to my knowledge uh the original founding members were uh topper was the drummer the original drummer uh then Mick was the lead guitarist, and he clashed with Bernie all the time. Mm-hmm. Joe was the front man, uh, lead singer. Looked like he played rhythm guitar. And then Paul was on bass. So four guys. And uh, I guess Bernie initially, like, was he, – he was just very controlling. Um, something I liked about the documentary was people would talk about, like, well, you know, people might not have liked Bernie, but – Without Bernie, we wouldn't have had the clash. Um, apparently, he's kind of attributed with naming the Sex Pistols. Mm-hmm. He was a big, you know, big piece of the 
uh, UK punk scene. And so people like, you know, you may not like Bernie, but without him, we wouldn't have had these bands. And then there's other people that, like, there was a security guard that worked for The Clash, and he just said straight up, like, Bernie's an asshole. Like, Ugh. he sounded like a really hard guy to deal with mm -hmm. unless you were, like, yes, absolutely, Bernie, whatever you say, Bernie, then, like, yeah, you're on his good side. But uh, he was accused of being megalomaniacal. And uh, early on uh, in this uh, documentary, Bernie gets kicked out of the – band as the manager he's no longer the manager they bring in another um management firm and that's when they make london calling and another one of their bigger most well-known albums that's like when the clash you know if if somebody was to say oh later stuff it got too stadium rocky and it wasn't good like these albums they made when bernie wasn't part of the group those would they i'm i would imagine those fans would say like that's the clash like, mm -hmm. those are the clash albums um, which is interesting that like, um, based off of one person's influence can make such a drastic difference. In yeah. Albums. And I imagine that is up for debate <clears throat> and it may not have, it may have just been timing, you mm -hmm. know, Bernie yeah. happened to leave. They happened to kind of come together on some really incredible songs and some incredible albums. And he came back and it's, it's nothing more than happenstance. sounds like they made some really good. Wrote, uh, wrote and performed some really good songs after Bernie came back. But mm -hmm. uh, it sounded like once Bernie came back, that's when things continued to degrade in the band. Um, so uh, one of the first big things was uh, Topper, the drummer. Um, he was kicked out. So everybody in The Clash, they were basically drinking and smoking weed. Mm -hmm. Like... I, Pretty typical, like yeah. If you compare it to like Motley Crue or something, like that's nothing. Yeah, you know, some some grass and some booze, like mm -hmm. you know, it's not injecting heroin into the tip of your penis or whatever. Right. No. <laughs> Sorry, hi, Ramy, hi, Addy. Sorry, um, uh, but uh, I guess Topper was starting to get into some harder stuff, like heroin, mm -hmm. and he was kicked out. That didn't sit well with like Mick. And a lot of people postulated that Bernie pushed to have him kicked out because Bernie didn't want heroin kind of getting into the group proper. So instead mm -hmm. of giving Topper another chance, like it sounded like he wanted, they just said like, no, he's done. Cut him off. Wow. Yeah. So then they brought in uh, Terry. Seemed like a really nice guy. <laughs> uh, it sounded like maybe he came back. Like maybe he was drumming for them early on. Oh, okay. And they brought him back. Um, that I didn't really understand too much. But uh, one thing I will say, the interviews with all the band members that they got, they all seem like really nice guys. Like, they're, yeah. they're older now. Mm -hmm. um, they're, in my opinion, there's nothing sadder than, like, when band members, like, won't talk to other band members because mm -hmm. they had a falling out. I mean, you know, if somebody sleeps with your wife, I get that. Right. Something really bad, but, like... These guys just, they, they had a clashing of uh, ideologies and visions for the band. Mm -hmm. And so they broke up. Um, so now, like, they all kind of talk about it like, oh, yeah, I was a dumb kid. And um, I, that didn't sit well with me, you know, at mm -hmm. the time. And it's it's kind of all good now. Um, so I wonder if this is where the, have you seen Spinal Tap? This is Spinal Tap. No, I don't think so. Okay. It's a mockumentary about this rock band. Um, 
and the running bit is their drummers keep like dying or disappearing like they go through so many drummers throughout the the movie oh really and i wonder if it came from the clash because <laughs> uh then terry left terry no yeah and um oh my god who was the third drummer oh peter Peter. Peter seemed like a good guy, too. I uh, love the, the names, by the way. Like, yeah. Topper, you're like, but, to me, that's a drummer name, yeah. right? Like, very uh, rock yeah. name. W- one of the best interviews was a woman who, she might she may have been in the band at the time. Mm-hmm. I believe if she wasn't dating somebody in the Clash, she was just involved in the Clash. Her name was Pearl Harbor. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, the poor pump, woman. <laughs> no, that, that, I'm sure that's a stage name. Like... Punk, oh, the yeah, punk okay. scene in that time is very much known for like having stage names. You all make right, up your own right. name, like. Um, so yeah, hers was Pearl Harbor, which almost <laughs> sounds like a drag queen name. It nowadays, does, yeah. Know? Um, so. Yeah, uh, they get they got bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. They were doing more stadium shows, but it was interesting because Joe, the lead singer, the front man, he really clung on to Bernie, mm-hmm. according to a lot of interviews. Like, Bernie was his guy. And so Joe kind of became a little more strict because Bernie was strict. People kept saying in, in this movie that Bernie ran the band like a military operation. Oh. And whereas Joe – I'm sorry, uh, Mick was just – I guess he would run late a lot. And he was just kind of easygoing and considerate. You know, mm-hmm. but also he was probably, you know, when a group of people are around each other, like, it's just, it's natural. There's going to be pent up aggression and it builds and builds and builds. Mm-hmm. And him like being late to the van by an hour was probably his way of saying like, you screw know, you guys right shit, now. Bernie. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like he wanted to kind of explore different avenues of music and um, he was the only guy that would stand up to Bernie. And then Joe, Joe like got... Really, punk is so interesting because it's kind of like that that uh, saying from Dark Knight Rises, like you either die a hero or you live to become a villain. Mm. You either die a punk rocker or you live to be the antithesis of what punk rock is, which is an old man saying, no, that's not punk. This is punk. You've got to wear this, look like this, sound mm. like this. Which is exactly what punk is against. Like, mm-hmm. you know, society wants you to fit into this mold. And punk says, no, we're going to be dumb kids. We like being outcast. We're going to be yeah. loud and obnoxious. Um, and it's just so funny. Like, any any niche scene is like that. You know, when I grew up, my brother and I were into, you know, hardcore music. And, you know, it's, it's you know, born from the punk scene. And, mm-hmm. you know, we looked like this because we don't, you know, we're not gonna wear Abercrombie and Fitch and, <laughs> you know American Eagle but then mm-hmm. we all look the same when we go to the concert so it's like you know we're not better than anybody we just mm-hmm. this is just our our niche um so yeah Joe's getting a little more strict um I guess at some point he even let me back up so eventually they kick Mick out of the band mm. and one of the founding members and I guess he told um the security guard that said that Bernie was an asshole. He's like, "Hey, you won't you won't believe this. They just kicked me out of my own band." Um, so I've I've got no doubt that Mick was like a founder of the band. You know, mm-hmm. he might have been the guy that kind of started it up. But um, crazy, yeah. And the idea was that Bernie 
wanted more control of the band, so they kicked out Mick. Hmm. Um, and at this point, uh, Mick and Joe had been fighting a ton anyways. Like mm-hmm. Maybe not even fighting, just like not talking anymore because they were so different and had such differing opinions. Mm-hmm. And the, the relationship in the band just continued to degrade. So um, people speculate that Bernie, like, probably got Joe on his side and said, hey, let's kick Mick out. Mm-hmm. And let's, like, let's kind of reinvigorate the clash. Mm-hmm. Like, it's getting stale. And, uh, you know, this is Bernie's way of making the clash into the brand that he wanted. Um, and very much a brand. Bernie was focused on, you know, the clash being his brand and him having control. Mm-hmm. So they kick out Mick. And they bring in two guitarists to replace him, which is interesting. Huh. Um, they bring in, oh, they bring in, oh, yeah, Nick. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, Nick Nick was one of them. Nick seems like a nice guy. Yeah, Switch they, Mick for Nick. <laughs> Nick and Vince. Vince was fascinating. How Vince so? Vince was gorgeous. Mm. And they had an interview with him in, like, 2012 when this came out. And he is clearly drunk. Oh, really? Yeah, it's it's almost like they found him at a pub and were like, hey, you want to come outside and do this interview? He has a bottle with him. Oh. And he's drinking, and at one point, like, he's talking about a song they made on a really, like, their last album uh, mm-hmm. called This Is London. And he's, like, sad that such a good song was on a bad album and the band was in a bad place, and he, like, starts to cry. Aw. You know, booze gets in your system. You of get course. emotional. Um, but, yeah, I mean... It's it, it. It was really weird. Uh, it sounded like they kind of hired people in the band. Say they hired Vince for his attitude. Like they probably only really needed one guitarist. But uh, apparently Vince in like the the auditions, he like stood up and he's like, "I'm not playing this crap." Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Oh, you're in." Oh my. That's God. very punk rock and <laughs> right. And. Uh, well, who they, knows? Maybe the pretty face they wanted. You know, he more attention on the yeah, band. Yeah, if but. you wanted to like make a movie about punk rock he should have been cast in it because he was Mm. gorgeous crazy yeah and so now that it's a five member band instead of four Mm -hmm. um yeah bernie's kind of getting more involved and he kind of wants to it's people suggested that bernie wanted to be a member of the clash like more than a manager yeah oh and there's another dude another dude name cosmo Cosmo. Cosmo, yeah. Sweet little gentle yeah. Cosmo. Um, Cosmo and Joe were really tight, along with Bernie. So those were kind of the, the, the triad of of people. I mean, I don't think Joe was a bad dude. I just think he kind of got caught up in Bernie's personality. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, Cosmo and Bernie kind of sunk their claws into uh, the clash and made it into what they wanted. Cosmo, he was kind of their fashion guy. Mm-hmm. And he would kind of pick out what to dress for them and towards the end it's almost like they were an impression of themselves like oh really they were wearing very designer punk rock mm-hmm. like you know you go to a store and you're like that looks punk rock and so, you know punk rock is like you know you got this old shirt that has holes in it and you put some safety pins in your pants and off you go and mm-hmm. you know and then like it just it became more kind of designer like again if they're trying to build a brand like oh you like this shirt that joe's wearing just Go to Forever Twenty One or whatever it was us. <laughs> go to Macy's and you can find it. Um, and I believe he was also the spokesperson 
um, Cosmo, that is, was the spokesperson of the band, and um, yeah, Joe started having a rough time. His mm-hmm. parents passed pretty close together, um, and as much as he was like, he was very, after Mick left, he's like, you know what, I don't, I don't, I'm not into this whole drug culture, you know, it's from the hippies, that's not us, that's not punk, and so he's like, uh, him and Bernie are like, all right, nobody in the band does any more drugs or drinks, but then... How did everybody else do that? Oh, they didn't like it. Yeah. But of course, Joe would go off and, you know, smoke some weed. He, he smoked as much weed as uh, as Mick did. Hmm. Um, so apparently, uh, Joe's just having a real tough time. He's uh, struggling with his parents passing. He's kind of going on some sabbaticals in Spain. And I guess eventually he realizes, like, uh-oh, I... I really backed the wrong horse. Mm-hmm. Like Bernie has pretty much run the band into the ground. Seems like anytime they're having fun, it's when Bernie is nowhere near him. Mm-hmm. And the story goes that uh, so Mick had already formed this new band. Uh, oh, it was something Audio Dynamics, and it spelled out bad B A D. Okay, I'd never heard of it. It may well be like they spoke about it. Like, oh yeah, you guys know bad. I'm like. No, not, really. not at all. <laughs> it was probably huge in the UK. Oh, yeah. I bet. I, I just never heard of it. Um, but apparently uh, one day Mick was waiting for a tax, taxi and Joe like ran into him and they started smoking a doobie together. This is their words. I never say doobie. I don't think that's a <laughs> – or a spliff. Um, a spliff. That's yeah. the one I haven't heard. And uh, so Mick was flying out somewhere for like a little vacation. Mm-hmm. The story is that Joe – then flew out there as well, hired a like a or like rented a bicycle and just like rode around this area where Joe was supposed to be knocking on doors looking for him. Oh wow! Basically, the idea is he wanted to kind of win Mick back. So, okay, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I did the wrong thing. Bernie's, you know, I, I imagine he'd say he cocked it all up or whatever. <laughs> uh, a Brit would say, and uh, but it it didn't work. The band just kind of fell apart. Everybody, I guess, uh, Joe called a meeting, brought everybody together and said, like, hey, I'm done. I want I want the clash to be done. Can you guys be done with me? Mm-hmm. And pretty much everybody said, yeah. It didn't sound like it was very fun towards the end anyway, so I'm sure everybody was like, oh, yeah, thank God. Right. Um, some of the – I think it was uh, Nick who replaced Mick. Mm-hmm. Along with Vince, <laughs> uh, Nick said, "Like, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't join the Clash. The version of the Clash that I joined was kind of a Bernie production. Like, it was mm-hmm. him trying to make this this uh, brand. And so he recognizes, like, I wasn't part of the Clash. Clash. I was part of this this newer. You know, it was like, uh, what did they come out with? They came out with like New Coke, and then they went back to Coke Classic. Oh gosh, yeah, they were New yeah. Coke." Uh, so it, uh, kind of fast forwards later after the band breaks up, I guess Bernie and Cosmo tried to talk to Paul, the bassist who had been around. He was one of the founding members as well. And he was really tied with Joe. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, you know, Paul, they were asking him like to keep the band going. And he's like, no, like, I'm not going to do it. And props to him for that. And somebody in the, one of the, persons of his interview was like uh you know if uh 
if Bernie owned the rights, I'm sure there'd be a version of the Clash touring now. Yeah. Um, somebody said that uh, Bernie and Cosmo were talking about uh, football teams, you know, or soccer teams. Talking about football teams and how players come and go and, you know, the, the team keeps going. And that's what they wanted to do. Again, making the Clash more a brand, not the parts that make up the Clash. I feel like you can't really do that with a band. Menudo. Menudo? Have you ever heard of Menudo? No. That's where Ricky Martin started. Menudo, Menudo was, I believe, a Mexican boy band. Okay. Anytime somebody got too old, they would just swap them out with another And are they child. around today still? I don't think so, but I think they are around for a while. That said, of course, they are not the Clash. And I totally, like, you're absolutely right, but I'm sure that's what they are thinking. Mm-hmm. Is like, you know, they, they didn't see the Clash as... Being the voice of, uh, you know, the downtrodden, and they came up when stuff was really bad for, you know, the disenfranchised in, in England, and they spoke for those people. They just saw, oh, we can sell more t-shirts that say The Clash on it, mm-hmm. you know, so let's just get a brand new roster of people, and we'll dress them like punks, and we'll just keep making money. Um, but luckily, that didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> for a while, I was like, well... This this uh this documentary isn't very fair because Joe's not getting to say anything like and they're kind of painting him as kind of the lapdog of Bernie like I don't know about this uh the the film was made in 2012 apparently Joe died in 2002 oh yeah so I'm like it. oh that's why oh that makes sense yeah so they showed some older interviews with him mm-hmm. um but apparently like three months before Joe passed he was doing a like a fundraiser for uh. Like a local local fire department or something, or the the fire brigade is what I I, I don't know how fire fighting works in the UK. Mm-hmm. Some sort of fundraiser concert, and for the first time since the clash broke up, uh, Mick joined him on stage. Oh, that's cool. Played some music with him. It was really sweet. Good reunion. Yeah, it was super nice. And then he passed away. Um, but yeah, it, it, towards the end, all the people they interviewed, they talked about like, oh well. You know, Clash should still be around if Bernie wasn't involved or, you know, Ego's got the better of him. But I think it was Pearl Harbor, uh, my girl Pearl, <laughs> who said basically, no, like, they they came around and they were fantastic and then it ended. Mm-hmm. You know, as I think anything good should, you know, like like British TV series. They, they start and they end. Mm-hmm. Nothing worse than... Something that happens and overstays its welcome, and like they, it's just des. You know, when it becomes desperate, like it's just like oh, just just like things should end. Things are naturally supposed to end, right? And the Clash made incredible music. You know, changed a lot of people's lives, and then Mm -hmm. it ended. And yeah, I don't think it was anybody besides maybe Bernie. Bernie was just. You know, he was a manager and he was greedy and he made millions off the clash. Mm-hmm. So he got, he got his. Got what he wanted, yeah. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I, I think that it had a natural life cycle of, uh, oh God. And she said something along the lines of, that's like the nature of punk is you're young and you're, you're broke and, you know, you want to yell and you yell a bunch. And then you grow up. And she said Hmm. something along the lines of, like, you can't be a, you know, like an old punk. Because if you do, you're a fucking loser. 
And I was like, well, yeah, that makes no, yeah. I, I that think makes sense, to a yeah. point that makes sense. I yeah. think you can still stick to your ideologies, mm-hmm. but you, you know, in more of a new grown up way, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, you know, your your late teens, early 20s are for, you know, just screaming at the man. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, by no means do you then become the man, but there's... There's, there's like an understanding of yeah, the man. Yeah, there's, there's other, well, and there's other ways to to fight for, you know, what's what's right and to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, make the world a better place. Um, and to get out of the way to let the new versions of the clash come up and say... You know, passing of the baton. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you step aside and you keep working in your own way, but it doesn't have to be, you know, you dressed up in quote unquote punk clothes and doing concerts, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I very much paraphrase what she said, but I thought it was actually a really beautiful statement. Like it's okay to let things pass mm-hmm. and to grow. Yeah. Um, oh, one more thing that I thought was interesting that I skipped. So Mick, Wanted to kind of explore different genres of music. He was okay with making money. He wasn't greedy, but he was like, well, yeah, like we're making money. Joe was like staunch punk. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, no, I don't want to make money. Like this is about the music and the message. Just cool. The way these two individuals grew up, Mick, the guy that's okay with making money, he grew up dirt poor mm. and worker class. And uh, so, of course, he grows up and he's making money. Shoot he's for like, the moon, yeah. yeah I want to like... I don't want to go back to that life. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, I don't think by any means that he sell out his, his, uh, talent or his vision or, or anything like that. I just think that he knew, okay, I am working mm-hmm. so I should make money. Like that's yeah. totally fair. Whereas Joe, you know, the hardcore, like, no, this is punk and punk means not making music. I don't know. Apparently he grew up like fairly well off, like grew, mm. grew up with some money. So he doesn't really understand the struggle. Yeah, and I think he he I think that's indicative of somebody who like, you know, they really like, no, you know, I'm I'm punk and um they're overcompensating, I guess you could say. Like he he knew that he grew up with more than a lot of people had, especially in in the UK at that time. Mm-hmm. So I think he had to kind of uh, go even harder to keep up this this uh, this image of him being a, a punk spokesman and a spokesman for the downtrodden, mm-hmm. which I think is sad in its own right. Like, you know, people have more, people have less, but you can still have a voice and fight for what's right. But yeah, between Bernie kind of being in his ear and I'm sure him wanting to, you know, maybe feel like he needs to compensate for the wealth that he grew up with. I don't know how much, but enough. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's, that's no way to operate. Yeah. You know, that's sad. But, uh, again, all the guys, they all seem like super nice guys. Like I, I, I've talked about no dogs in space, that podcast I listened to mm-hmm. that's yeah. primarily going through the history of punk right now, punk bands. Right. They did like one or two episode series on the Sex Pistols, and mm-hmm. I love I loved them. I, l- I still love the podcast, but man, I hate the Sex Pistols because they. Why were, is that? Well, especially uh, Johnny Rotten, um, and Sid Vicious seem like such assholes. Just like, like there's punk, and then there's there's just really being a prick, mm-hmm. and I felt like that's what those guys were. Um, punk also has a really complicated history with nazi symbolism um well you know 
one of my favorite songs, the Dead Kennedys, not, oh, right, Nazi yeah. punks fuck off. Um, <laughs> there's of course that, like the Dead Kennedy. There, there's, I think as long as punk has been around, there's been because punk, a lot of it is satire, mm-hmm. like California Uberalis. Um, we've talked about that song by the Dead Kennedys. It has like the the uh, German Nazi anthem. Uh, I think it was like Germany Uberalis or something like that, and it's in the song. So you could see a dumb Nazi hearing that and being like, oh, yeah, me too. I like Nazis, but it's satire. It's it's so over the top to show that um, uh, the lead singer of the Dead Kennedys thought that the, the governor of California was a dictator. Um, no, I'm going to find where I was going again. Oh, anyways, uh, <laughs> Sex Pistols did a lot of that. Um, a lot of people, including the, the, the hosts of uh, No Dogs in Space, postulate that it wasn't about – Nazism. It was about counterculture. Mm-hmm. One, it's shocking to see a swastika on somebody's shirt, as yeah. it should be. That's a, that's not a good move, right? But also, uh, you know, kids growing up in the UK in the in the sixties and seventies, all their parents would talk about was like the Blitzkrieg and stuff like that. So it was also them saying, you know, shut up, mom and dad. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna rebel. Unfortunately, it's wearing a swastika, and that's not good. No. I don't – I'm not down with Find that. Find a different way to rebel. Yeah. Um, I don't think The Clash did that as much. Mm-hmm. Of course, the Dead Kennedys didn't, but the Dead Kennedys were from, like, Boulder and California, so their parents weren't really talking about the Blitzkrieg. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I – like I said, I think The Clash were good dudes. Like, they were, they were punk, but mm-hmm. they weren't jerks. They were just kids. Yeah. They were kids out there making good music. How old, do you, how old were they? Just like early oh, 20s or something? yeah. Early to mid-20s, especially in the early 80s when they were hitting their peak. Yeah. Yeah, maybe like 20 to 24, 25. Yeah. Somewhere in there, you know, between all the members of the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I really loved it, though. I want to, like, The Clash has never been one of my top punk groups, mm-hmm. but I want to learn more about them. I think I'm a little more into American punk than UK punk. Yeah. But I can get behind The Clash. Like, they, they seemed cool. Um, they looked like the Beatles. They looked like punk Beatles because <laughs> they were just kind of charming and they all looked fairly similar, mm-hmm. but not like the Beatles coming off the, the airplane all in suits or whatever. They, right. they just, you know, they all kind of wore a similar punk garb, but also they, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. They just, they looked the part early on without intent, mm-hmm. or at least that's, it's cool without trying to be cool. You yeah. Know? Just confidence and yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I highly recommend the documentary. It's like an hour forty minutes. I thought it was really enjoyable, and you get to see my girl, my girl Pearl, on there. I thought she was Pearl Harbor. I thought she was a really fun interview. So, thank you so much for assigning me the Clash. You did a great job. Thank you. I I thought that No Dogs in Space already did a series on the Clash. I know they're coming up to ending their punk series. I wonder if they're going to finish with the Clash. Oh, maybe. Yeah, and if they do, I'll kind of have to come back and give an update on all the stuff I messed up. Or just that you maybe you learned. Yeah. Too. Learned you know. some more stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah, punk history is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be like bad. Mm-hmm. Like the Sex Pistols was bad. You know, Sid Sid Vicious. Um, his, his girlfriend died and then there was accusations that he killed her and then he killed himself or OD'd. Oh, wow. There's some nasty stuff that happened mm-hmm. in punk, of course, but this just, this was just a band falling a apart and punk fairly, band. yeah, fairly standard affair. Nobody slept with anybody, right? you know, 
people drift just apart. A, just a bad manager. But the music lives on. Yeah, and Bernie. Bernie whatever. Bernie, that, that come joke. on. And Cosmo. Cosmo. A guy with such a fun name shouldn't be such a... He should have been sweet and cuddly. Such a jerk, yeah. <laughs> so, loved it. I I had a ton of fun with it. Man, watching like old uh, 80s punk shows that are mm-hmm. filmed. You know, it, it's similar to like watching uh, Queen play at Rite Aid. Yeah. You know, like, it's just, it's like, I don't know. It's cool as hell. Mm-hmm. And especially with us being in quarantine times now, to see a big old crowd, mm-hmm. like, it's bittersweet. Right. Like, like oh, I miss I, that. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. wasn't that long, long ago, really. No. And, and we'll be back to it. Feels it like it, yeah. You know, uh, sooner than we know. And then we'll look back on this time and we'll be like, oh, I miss just staying at home. <laughs> it, it does help you like appreciate things in oh, a different light, you know. You, obviously, you can't do something. You're like, God, that's all I want to do now. Yeah. But I want to watch Black Widow. I want to go to a movie theater and watch right? Black Widow. Yeah, I know you do. Someday. We, we'll get there. You'll get there. We'll get there, Got to be patient. Yep. yep. But yeah, uh, so uh, assignments for next week. Yes. So next week, we'll be doing the first episode of December theme for that month is the kids are all right right (laughs) and in case you couldn't tell there's a question mark after that second right it's the kids are all right ellipses right question mark just so you guys have the punctuation down (laughs) write it in your journals and assignments yeah yes what do you got for me i think this one it's just kind of what i thought about when i thought of this theme mm-hmm. and you know what i think i'm gonna give you two all right yeah so i want you to watch the goonies perfect and et oh honey you're too, you're just easy on yeah, me come I on just, give yeah, me things i already like those are movies where i think like those parents should probably be a little more involved <laughs> and it, grant it's been forever since i've seen them i think the mom's kind of a big part of et uh-huh. um but i yeah that, that's when i think of like yeah, those are good ones. You know, you don't got to be a helicopter parent, but you should probably get your kids out of the sewer <laughs> sort of stuff. You should check on that that alien, you know, with the wig in the house. Unless it all happened in like one day, because I remember, you know, leaving when it became light out and wouldn't come home until, you know, the lights went on yeah, at that's, night. That's true. Yeah. So if it happened within a day, then, you the, know. The irony is my brother and my friends, we used to play in a sewer as well. That you did. Yeah. Benson Park, uh, there's a big old sewer entrance. Now it has a big old grate on it. Didn't when we were kids. So we would play it, and we'd run into the sewer, and so then scary. somebody was sure they saw Pennywise the Clown to come running out. <laughs> I usually got about five steps in, and then I ran the hell out of there. Oh, I'm man. I'm never messing with Pennywise. The only time I played, I didn't play in the sewers. Uh, we had sewers in our cul-de-sac, and uh, I'm pretty sure my sister like dropped her doll or a toy down, and we were trying to fish it out. We- Oh, yeah. The fingers? So, oh, I hate, okay. this. I hate this story. Please <laughs> <Do> continue. <not>. <laughs> it was terrible. I, I don't even know how old we were, but somehow uh, me and my friend from up the street thought it would be a good idea to just lift the, the very heavy lid. What are those called? Manhole cover. Manhole cover mm-hmm. off of it. I don't even know how we did that because we were very small and very weak, but uh, we <laughs> we did it and I think we were able to fish out her toy somehow. And then right when we went to put it back down, we asked everybody, okay, is everybody's finger, everybody's out of the way, because it's a heavy-ass manhole yeah, yeah, cover. Yeah. Um, thought so. 
put it down and my sister's fingers were stuck all three of her right hand oh, were stuck underneath it I and for- we couldn't get it back up again was it chelsea or kayla chelsea oh yeah, and she just started wailing, and our neighbor guy, thank God, came out because he saw us playing with it and mm. just was able to lift it right off of her and went to the hospital. I don't think she had to get any stitches. That's I, insane. No, I don't, no yeah, broken fingers? I don't think so. I think it just really, really hurt her. For, I think they were just, like, severely bruised. Oh, God, yeah. I don't think That's they were broken. Incredible. Yeah. I remember seeing the indents in her fingers, but... Oh. God, that's gross. <laughs> it was just hard for her to obviously oh, move her fingers, but... Jeez. Yeah, crazy. You girls, you girls had a had a childhood. We did. Yeah, lots yeah. of stories. Your younger sister got bit by a dog. Yep. She also got a manhole cover on her fingers. Yep. You pretty got a broken sure, nose at one I'm point. I'm pretty sure my brother broke my broke my nose and we didn't know it. Oh really? Yeah. I mean, I think not like he punched me in the nose right, or anything, right, right. but he we were playing outside and for some reason there was a pole in the front yard and my brother decided to uh, push me in the sled up to the pole and I don't know it was probably like two or three maybe. Yeah. And I swear I smashed my really? face. That yeah. young? I, yeah, I think oh, so. I had no idea. Anyways. I guess my brother swung at me with a piece of fence with a nail in it. Oh, my God. I think. I, you know, Dylan, Dylan, what are you Dylan, doing? Dylan, if you're listening and if I'm getting this wrong, I apologize. I thought that was the case. And, he, you know, it, I, we were so young, it probably wasn't malicious. Maybe he just messing around. Mm-hmm. And I think he he got me in the head or something. Oh, God. I could be getting this way wrong. If I'm wrong, again, I apologize. Please don't go after my brother. Chelsea gashed up her knee one time because she was running around uh, with scissors in her hand. Ooh. And because she was threatening to cut off my very long hair. And I was very... Yeah, that sounds like... <laughs> crying and running away from her. Sounds like your childhood. And I think she heard mom coming. So we were in our room and she threw the scissors on the bed like, I'm not doing anything. Yeah. And then she ran and jumped on her bed and got a big old gash from the scissors in her Ugh. knee. Served her right for, you know, running around trying to <laughs> cut my hair off. Sure. Sure did. <laughs> Just yeah. a couple stitches. Not yeah. a big deal. Um, one thing that wasn't my brother's fault, uh, when we were kids, we were playing basketball, and I tripped, and somehow my head hit a screw in the base of a basketball hoop. Ooh. And so it gashed open my eyebrow, and uh, he, of course, took me to my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and the first thing... I guess my dad looked at my brother and said, what did you do? Like yelled it at him. Oh, no. Not his fault at all. <laughs> so he, he took a, he took some unfair accusations when we were kids. But that I guess that's what big brothers are for. Um, I remember one time we were wrestling. I jumped off the top bunk. He was laying on the floor on his stomach. I think it was off the top bunk. Uh-oh. And I landed on him knees first. Oh, no. And he's struggling to breathe. <gasps> and I ran out and hid behind mom like a coward. Oh, no. Because like... Did you tell mom what happened? No. You just ran away from the situation? Yeah. So you d- your brother could have had a collapsed lung, and you just <laughs> let him die on the I was, floor. I, I was scared. And I, you know, it's one of those things where I'm remembering it. I don't think, I think it was just synapses fired, and I thought, oh, I'll do this. Ooh. But I'm, sh- I, you know, I, that, that could be me kind of my mind trying to be like, no, you weren't a monster when you were a child, but maybe I was. Maybe I wanted to injure my brother. I don't know. I'm sure that was just your way of wanting to play. I don't think that you meant to probably knee him in the back. I don't think so, but I was a, I was a little, I was a little kid. And I, you know, you know, stuff, stuff goes off in your head. I, what boys don't have impulse control. Like right. that part of the brain isn't formed until you're like way too old, like 20, <laughs> something ridiculous. <laughs> um, so, Ooh, that was, that was sibling corner. Yeah, no kidding. We could probably do a whole podcast on that <laughs> next next time. Next time. That's actually a good start to the theme. 
the kids are all right, right. Is yeah, us, us, I like that. Yeah, not being, um, at, at times, not being monitored. Right. Yeah. Th- this Okay, so my assignment for you next week is, um, so this is, I feel like it's like a good beginning of December for Christmas. Yep. Uh, the movie Home Alone. Oh, cool. Yeah, because, cool. you know, clearly... That's a that's a big family, and yeah. not a single one realized that they, you know, left poor little. What's his name? What is the name of the movie? Do you want to hear my impression of the mom? Uh huh. Kevin. <laughs> when she realizes she left him, she <laughs> yells that in like the airport or something. Yeah. yeah. Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, Kevin McAllister. Yep. Left yeah. him home alone. Yeah. What was he like? Eight or something? Uh, Left him like up that. in the yeah. attic. Yeah, and wasn't that movie written and directed by the guy that did like the Breakfast Club and I don't know. First Bueller days. You'll off. have to First tell Bueller me next day. week, babe. I'm pretty sure. Anywho, I haven't seen that one in a while. So that'll be a fun one. That'll be a good time. Yeah. Yeah. We're taking it easy on each other. Just watch, we are. watch some movies. Yeah, it'll be That's fun. all right. Um. So yeah, we we did a uh, so we finally posted our Instagram page. Mm-hmm. We're gonna try and be even more active on that. Yep. Um, but yeah, you can follow us on, uh, is it life underscore well underscore, underscore spent underscore. Yep. Oh, another underscore. Oh, boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so follow us there on Instagram. We're going to try and post, post more videos, but, uh, we did do a little video wishing everybody a thanks. Happy Thanksgiving. And again, asking any recommendations or requests for we would love it. what we should watch, mm-hmm. not only in December under the theme, but, so anything in general. Yeah. yeah if we're missing we, out on something on Netflix, if we're, you know, cool mm-hmm. game out there that we don't know about. Yeah, we always start off the episode with stuff that we've been into, and we're always looking for more stuff to get into. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, and you can also email us at lifewellspent at yahoo.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, send us recommendations there or, you know, to the social media posts, whatever. And yeah, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us, listening to us. Again, hope you had a fantastic Thanksgiving and hope all of you and all your family are doing incredibly well. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's all I got. I was about to get into some more depressing stuff, so I should probably just cut it off there. <laughs> uh, take care of each other, take care of yourselves, take care of your pets. Ace is finally asleep, it's not whining anymore. Yeah. 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 Love you guys very much. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much. Oh, and uh, don't be a Richard. Don't be a Richard. All right. Bye. Bye.